How do you feel about public speaking? I read a study that said 95% of people are afraid to die, but 97% of people are afraid of public speaking. How do you feel about sharing your faith with someone? Or maybe let's combine both of these. Have you ever had to share about Jesus in front of a group of people? How did that make you feel? Well, let me take you back to July the 15th, 1990. All the other pastors were away on holidays, and that meant I had to preach. I was just an intern from the Bible school, but after a couple of staff changes, I spent that summer doing a lot more than your average intern. And now here I was stepping up to the podium to deliver my very first sermon. No, I didn't save that sermon. It's nowhere on my hard drive. And thankfully, this was in the days before YouTube. I don't remember exactly what I preached on. I think it was Ephesians 5. But what I do remember was being incredibly nervous to speak in front of people. Now, today is our Global Outreach Sunday. And we are so excited to be sending two short-term missions teams this year to Mexico and to the Yukon. If you've never been a part of a short-term missions team, it's an opportunity to visit another location in the world and partner for 7 to 14 days with someone working to share the message of Jesus in that context. I know one of the preparations our short-term teams will be making will be sharing their faith story in front of the team in five minutes or less. What do you think about that? Would that scare you? Would you find that difficult to share your faith story in front of other people? Let me ask you this question. Have you ever been on a missions trip? What was that experience like for you? What was it like telling others about the hope you have in Jesus? Was that part intimidating or scary? It seems today followers of Jesus are conflicted about sharing their faith. I want to make reference to some statistics Pastor Darren and Pastor Simon referenced in a sermon a few months ago. According to the Barna Research Group, 96% of Christian millennials agree that part of my faith means being a witness about Jesus. And 94% of Christian millennials agree that the best thing that could ever happen to someone is for them to come to know Jesus. But 47% of Christian millennials agree with this statement. It is wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. So we feel rather conflicted. We want people to know Jesus, but we think it's wrong to tell them about him. Where are you at? Do you agree or, or do you disagree? I remember standing there that day preaching my very first sermon, and my mind was transported back a few years previous to when my youth pastor took us out to do evangelism in a local shopping mall. We were to stand at the bottom of the escalator, and as people got off, we were supposed to make eye contact with them and, and ask them this question, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And if they said no, we were supposed to give them a pamphlet we had made that would explain the good news of Jesus. While we were very well-intentioned, looking back, I'm not sure that that was the most effective way to do evangelism. Today, we want to share some stories from our global workers, and we want to celebrate what God has done through willing people and generous people. But before we celebrate what God has done, I want to take a few moments to talk about how God does what he does. Wherever you're at, I want to put a few ideas in your head today that might help you understand what the Bible says about this idea of outreach or mission. At Broadway Church, we have our City Reach Care Society that helps us accomplish our mission to reach our community with the agape love of Jesus locally. We also have our global outreach ministry that I help oversee, which is essentially a ministry helping empower people who are telling others about Jesus internationally. They may do, be doing it through a direct conversation. They may be doing it through their skills and abilities they've acquired. They may be doing it through the project or humanitarian relief effort they are managing, but make no mistake, they are telling others about Jesus. 
If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, sometimes you can get hung up on sharing your faith because misguided people from generations past had an idea of sharing their faith as replicating their culture. The popular term for that in our society is colonialism. When Broadway Church looks for global workers to partner with and projects to support, we are specifically looking for people and projects that are not trying to replicate Western culture. My Bible school professor taught me that the idea of mission or outreach is actually rooted in the heart of God. He said there's something about God's character that mission flows out of who he is. I think this is because he truly wants us to be saved and spend eternity with him. So as a result, he is sending people to tell others about the good news, the gospel. We see this as far back as Genesis, when God blessed Abraham and his descendants and said Israel would be a blessing to the whole world. Global outreach is God's idea. There's a very fancy Latin phrase for this that we still use. I wrote it on your outline. It's called the Missio Dei. That's Latin for the mission of God or the sending of God. God wants to send his people out into the world to accomplish his mission. That's why we were at one time fond of using the term missionaries. We see this concept throughout the New Testament. In Luke's biography of Jesus' life, it says, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Luke is saying that the role of the church is to proclaim repentance and forgiveness to all the nations. If you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus, this is part of it. Proclaiming the good news of Jesus is part of being a follower of Jesus. That may seem intimidating to you, but I'm going to mention some things later that I think will help calm your fears that you might have around the idea of proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Or it may seem foreign to you because you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, so you couldn't possibly proclaim what you don't know. I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a few minutes. In John's account of Jesus' life, he says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. John is saying God is sending us, so we as a church need to raise up people to send them out into the world. Jesus sent his disciples to go, and we do too. The book of Acts in the New Testament is a recounting of the beginning of the church after the crucifixion of Jesus. In verse 8 of chapter 1, the resurrected Jesus says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can you see the mission of God here as he is instructing his followers to reach Jerusalem, which is where they are, then Judea and Samaria, which is a little further away, and then to where we are? the ends of the earth. Have you ever taken a vacation to Las Vegas? You've probably heard this saying, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, a little later in the book of Acts in chapter 18, we hear about the establishment of the church in Corinth. And Corinth was like the Las Vegas of the ancient world. Lots of money and parties, sin and debauchery were around every corner. Corinth is not a place where a God-honoring religious Jew like Paul would feel very comfortable. But Paul makes some friends, Priscilla and Aquila, their fellow tent makers, and they encourage him. But when he tries to share the gospel in the synagogue, most of the Jews oppose him. He escapes several attacks and mobs at, at previous cities already. He just had left Athens and now he reached Corinth. Here's where we run into the first truth about God and mission. God goes before us. Let's dive into this story about the establishment of the church in Corinth. 
And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Paul loses his cool, which is, he rarely does. He's tired of being rejected by the very people who were supposed to be welcoming the Messiah. So Paul is discouraged. The Jews have rejected Jesus. He's discouraged, so discouraged, it seems that the resurrected Jesus must show up and encourage him. And so the Lord says to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. Look how Jesus says, For I have many in this city who are my people. What's he saying? He's telling Paul, Don't give up. There are people in Corinth who I am going to save. I just haven't done it already. And there are people already followers of Jesus in this city that you know nothing about. Keep preaching the gospel. Keep sharing me. A few years ago, I was talking with a friend of mine and she was telling me the story about her cousin. And her cousin was active in their church and she was leading a women's mentoring group. My friend was remarking on how much her cousin was growing in Christ and really becoming an example to other young women. And then she mentions offhand that her cousin's name is Paulette, but her friends called her Pete. And I said, that's weird because I went to high school with a girl named Paulette and we always called her Pete, but she would never be caught dead in the church. Well, sure enough, I confirmed Paulette's last name and it was indeed the same person. Can I tell you that the Paulette I went to high school was not a person I would have thought would have come to faith in Christ, but guess what? God was going ahead of me on this one. I remember back in 2015, my wife and I were on a trip to a country that's very hostile towards the gospel. In fact, when I put the profession of clergy on my visa application, I was almost prevented from going. One night while we were there, I left my hotel room to walk across the street to the newspaper stand to get a Diet Coke. And as I paid for my drink, I could hear an elderly lady listening to a YouTube video that I very quickly realized she was listening to someone preaching the gospel in English and it was being translated into her language. Here in this restricted access nation, someone was accessing the truth of the good news of Jesus. At the end of the trip, I I went to a tourist spot and as I posed for a picture, I put my head through an archway and looked towards my wife holding the camera. After the picture, I pulled my head back through the archway and I saw a sticker stuck to the top of the archway. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, was written on that sticker. In this country that was so hostile towards the gospel and still is, before we ever arrived on the scene, God had been at work. Before you and I ever show up, God is doing something, softening hearts, preparing people. So could I encourage you the next time you're entering a situation, maybe if you get a chance to pray beforehand, just ask God, God, what are you already doing here that I don't see? We can trust that because God cares about this even more than we do, His purposes will ultimately succeed. Our job is to go out and speak. This should give us confidence in all our global outreach efforts. It gives us confidence that our efforts, that whatever we do, whatever we try, God will do great things. When I get nervous or anxious about the idea of proclaiming my faith, but I understand that this is God's idea and God will give me the strength to do it, and that my trust in him is completely well-placed, I can proclaim the good news of God confidently. I want to tell you a story from the country of Malawi. Five years ago, the chief of the Chikweme village, population 800, along with two of the village leaders, decided to make a stand because of the lack of safe drinking water in their village. The river water that they had been drinking every day was making them and their children sick, but it was all they had. 
they collected this dirty water into jerry cans and they walked about three hours to the nearest government office. They placed the cans in front of the government officials and they challenged them saying, look, this is what our people are drinking. What are you going to do about it? Sadly, the government funding would not reach them in the rural village of Malawi. And the reality is nothing happened, even after such a desperate and dramatic plea for help. That is until this year, five years later, our global worker KJ Appelt and her team from Justice Water reached out to partner with Chekwemi Village to bring about the change they were hoping for. The chief and everyone in the village are so thrilled to share that their suffering has come to an end. God has heard their cries. God already knew what this village needed. God had gone before them. See, I can be confident in proclaiming the good news of Jesus when I know that he is with me. He's the God who goes before us and he's the God who walks with us. Remember what Jesus said to Paul? The Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you for I have many in this city who are my people. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. No one is going to harm you, I've got you. This is why we don't need to be afraid to share about what Jesus has done in our life. But here's the other end of the spectrum. We can make outreach into an idol. We can feel like God doesn't love us unless we're somehow producing for him. We should never confuse what flows out of God, the mission, for God himself. It's so easy to get wrapped up in doing, 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 that we can forget being. God just wants to be with us. It's out of being with God, a God who is a God of mission, a God of outreach, that our efforts to tell others about God should flow. God wants us first, and he'll invite us to be part of what he is doing as we walk with him. He's the God who goes before us. He is the God who walks with us. Listen to this story from Matt and Amber Price, our Broadway Church Global Workers in Thailand. In Thailand's north, we work with a leader named Pastor Bird. He lives cross-culturally. While he was born part of the Hmong people, God called him to live in the culture of the Karen people. He has lived in that culture for 20 years now, and we're reminded of the power of presence as well, because the Hmong people are often perceived as wealthier than the Karen. The Hmong own the land, and the Karen work the land for them. Pastor Bird knew that connecting with the Karen people would require being present, and so he has lived in this community for his entire adult life. It is here in the community of May Wynn that Broadway Church is invested in presence in another way. One day, a mom and her children showed up at Pastor Bird's church and asked if they could stay there to escape the violence they faced at home. Most Karen people are animistic and worship the spirits of nature. Though they would not identify God as we would, but they do recognize there's a spiritual authority to the land the church sits on. The mother was convinced that her husband would not make problems on land where God dwells, so she sought refuge there. Quite literally, she understood that there is safety in the presence of God. She knew she was safe if she was with God. Women and children kept coming, and so now Broadway Church, you are helping to build a refuge home for women and children leaving domestic violence. We're also helping pave the only road that connects this hillside community to the outside world. This road includes a single bridge, which would soon be washed away, so we're fortifying the riverbanks. Broadway Church is a financial partner in this project. What may seem like a construction project, we see as an investment in being present in the community. Here's a story from Steve Bowler, who runs Fountain of Life, an organization for victims of gender-based and sexual violence in the African country of Malawi. 
A girl was referred to our safe house for trauma counseling. She ended up bringing another family member in for counseling, which led to the aunt of another girl turning up for counseling too. She had been a victim of violence from her husband, and after the counseling and prayers she received, the aunt said she was no longer afraid to face her husband and her family, who were all against her for reporting her husband for this act. The Fountain of Life Safe House helps those who come to stay, but also impacts the greater extended family. God is walking alongside of these victims and alongside of these support workers. So when I proclaim the good news of Jesus, and I know not only was it his idea, but that he goes before me and he's with me, that he's right by my side, I can be confident because I'm not alone. Can I say that these partnerships are sometimes about creating buildings and ministries, but the most important thing is people who know the life-changing power of Jesus are walking alongside people who are experiencing hurt and pain. God walks with us because God is inside of those who are walking alongside hurting people. This is a picture of how the body of Christ should be. We prepared a short video for, of the international projects and partnerships we've participated in in the last 12 months. Let's have a look. I wanted to give you an idea of where your global outreach funds went in 2022. We supported Hannah Greenham, one of our young adults who has begun teaching at the YWAM base in Kona, Hawaii. We funded a ministry in the country of Malawi that rehabilitates children with physical disabilities. We helped support the establishment of a second campus worker at BCIT. We gave towards a ministry that helps free women from sex trafficking in the country of Cambodia. We gave towards the food crisis in the country of Yemen, which was a four to one matching grant from the government of Canada. We also gave towards the food crisis in Zimbabwe, which was a five to one matching grant with the government of Canada. We helped fund a new global worker who will help train pastors in Bible colleges across the developing world. We gave funds to help with the extra costs for the Palatows who tragically lost their daughter. We gave towards the development of a safety first educational resource that will help young children in Eastern Europe who are marginalized. We helped support a feeding program at the school in Luango, Zambia, the school that you helped build in 2020. We gave support to a community development project in Thailand that will not only provide clean water for a community, but also a place for parents together and moms to find support. We helped support a Boxes of Love initiative in Slovakia that reaches out to marginalized seniors. We gave towards the construction of a new church building in Cambodia. And we continued our global partnerships with Brian and KJ Appelt, who work internationally from the YWAM base here in Vancouver. Graham Bowers, who works at Foundation for His Ministry Children's Home in Vicente Guerrero, Mexico. Karen Hendrickson, who works in medical missions in the country of Angola. Calvin Weber, who works on the campus of BCIT. Sheldon and Anna Armitage, who work in Slovakia. Craig Palmer, who works with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Jeremy and Mary Jean Palatow, who work with YWAM in the Philippines. Serge and Nancy Bersaglio, who lead Villages of Hope in Africa. Steve and Kathy Bolo, who work in ministries working in the country of Malawi. Peter Dove, who works throughout Southeast Asia. Nelson and Lisa Montero, who work in Brazil. Matt and Amber Price, who work in Thailand. And Karen Reed and her Ministry of Presence on Commercial Drive. And Darcy and Leanne McAllister, who work in Hong Kong. Thank you, Broadway Church. Thank you for being faithful with your giving to Global Outreach. People have heard the good news of Jesus because of your giving.
These things are made possible by people who are going out proclaiming the good news of Jesus, but these things are also made possible by you, by your consistent giving. When you write missions on your offering envelope or give to missions over and above your tithes, this is what's possible. Today, we celebrate what God has done through the willingness of those willing to go, but also the willingness of those willing to give. And that brings us to our big idea. Celebrating what God has done points us towards what God will do in the future. We know the character of God. We understand his desire to see his people come to know him. We understand what, what he has done, not only at Broadway Church, but in the Big C Church across the world. It gives us perspective on what God will do and what he wants to do in the future. Let's pray. Today, you may be watching and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You can just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm far from you and I want to come close. Please forgive my sin. Give me the courage to live a life that pleases you. Give me the strength to tell someone about this decision I've made before my head hits the pillow tonight in Jesus' name. God, I pray that those that are listening to this sermon that our followers of Jesus would understand that proclaiming the good news of Jesus is part of being a follower of Jesus. I pray that we would take up that task here in Vancouver. We would take up that task when we, uh, when we give and we steward our finances internationally. I pray that we would take up that task in every area of our life, from our home to the rest of this world. God, thank you that you are with us. Thank you for what you have done through the faithful giving of Broadway Church. Thank you for what you have done through the faithful presence of people who are called to go and have been obedient. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. There's a number on the screen we'd love for you to text. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, if you have any prayer requests, we'd love to stay in contact with you. God bless you.